we have the Abeka curriculum here as about 94% of all of our textbooks. Uh, that's um, literature, grammar, science, history, reading. And any student that's going to leave OCA is going to learn the foundation of God's Word and never challenge God's Word, their parents, or the Lord Jesus Christ. Because godly education, and I think you would agree with me, is very important uh, for our kids um, going and to serve the Lord. If we want them to be able to serve the Lord properly, they need to know the foundation of God's Word. And that's why we need um, Christian colleges like Crown, Ambassador, Commonwealth, and Pensacola Christian College. Um, we need them to carry the torch. And we need Christian colleges, uh, just like PCC, who are re refusing to just go with the, the flow and, and be able to compromise. We need Christian colleges to stand. And so it is my privilege to introduce to you Pensacola Christian College's Proclaim Ministry Team and their leaders, Billy and Kaylee Benjamin. He cried, it's finished. 
our sin that was paid. Now we are free, forever saved. Mercy and grace. Now we are free, forever saved. Mercy and We're so excited to be with you all here today just to sing a little bit and most importantly to lift up the name of Jesus Christ. Whether that be through song or testimony or anything like that, we're going to get right back to that. But before we do that, we're going to go ahead and introduce ourselves so you can get to know us a little bit better and we can connect and some, some stuff like that. My name is Bradley Stevens. I'm from Rochester Hills, Michigan, and I'm in my junior year studying youth ministries. And, sorry, at the piano, <laughs> at the piano, we have Claren Gregory. She is a senior this year, so she's super excited to um, be finishing up studying elementary education. She is from Gulf Breeze, Florida. Hi, I'm from Houston, Texas. I was born and raised there all my life in a bilingual family speaking both English and Spanish. My name is Christina Molina, and I'm a sophomore studying pre-medicine. Hello everyone, I am a senior this year. I'm studying music education. My name is Ben Ross and I am from a little town called Random Lake. It is up in Wisconsin. Hi, I'm from Beaufort, Georgia. My name is Megan Smith and I am a sophomore at the college studying secondary English and speech education. Um, I know that there is a lot in our world right now that can cause us to distress or worry, but when we take a moment and we think uh, think about who Jesus is and what he does for us personally every day, that stress and worry will fade away. Take a minute to think back to the first time that you heard the good news of the gospel and realize that God showed his great love to you personally. Um, listen as we sing this next song at Calvary and let it open your hearts to God's wonderful love. spent in vanity and pride, caring not my Lord was crucified, knowing not it was for me he died on Calvary. Mercy there was great and grace was free. And there was multiplied to me. There my burdened soul found liberty at Calvary. By God's word at last my sin I learned. Then I trembled at the Oh, the mind. 
Wednesday evening service and we were doing our youth group. We did something called Pro Kids. It's really similar to Awanas if you've ever heard of that. The message that night was on hell and for any eight-year-old child, hell is a pretty terrifying place to learn about. So at prayer time, I was crying, which isn't very surprising. What is surprising is that I wasn't crying because of hell. I was crying because my dog had passed away recently and they weren't going to be in heaven with me. Well, my teacher comes up to me and she figures this out. And she says, well, Ben, if you're not saved, you're not going to heaven either. I'm panicking. <laughs> so she takes me up to my pastor's office. They bring in my father. And there I was shown the great love of Jesus Christ. I was taught that I was a sinner and that I needed salvation that I couldn't provide for myself. So I accepted the Lord Jesus Christ as my Savior that night. And in this whole story, there's a lot of little details in it. The dog, you know, crying, all of this. But looking at it, the one important thing is that Jesus Christ saved me. Amen. It's about the cross. And that is the one important thing that we as Christians need to remember today. So please just listen to our next song about the cross. If I only had one song that I could sing you, one more story I could tell before I leave. If I only had one message I could bring you, there's no question it would be. Oh, 
the cross. I could sing about the state of grace I live in, or the peace and joy I have when times are tough. And you see in all the blessings I've been given in the Demanding to know why But now I know His sacrifice means everything And it's the greatest honor to sing About the cross About the blood About the place I found mercy and love, and although it's bittersweet, remembering the cost, there's something beautiful, beautiful about the Jesus, I am resting, resting in the joy of what Thou art. I am finding out the greatness of Thy loving heart. Thou hast bid me gaze upon Thee, and Thy beauty fills my soul. For by thy transforming power, thou hast made me whole. Jesus, I am resting, resting in the joy of what thou art. I am finding out the greatness of thy
that came to earth over 2,000 years ago to live a perfect life and die on the cross for us is the same Jesus that as that song just said, we can rest in. That same Jesus we can know, we can love, and we can serve him. That's just such an amazing thought. The, the Jesus that we read in all these amazing Bible stories, we get to personally know on a daily basis. On any given moment, we can come to him. That's just such amazing truth, and we're going to sing about that truth in this next song. This same Jesus who walked in Galilee, well now this same Jesus who talked beside the sea, well now this same Jesus by faith I have been told, well now this same Jesus will save your soul. Well now this same Jesus who heard the Hebrew children, heard the Hebrew children down in Egypt land, this same Jesus will lift your burden. Same Jesus will take your hand. Well, now this same Jesus who walked in Galilee. Well, now this same Jesus who talked beside the sea. Well, now this same Jesus by faith I have been told. This same Jesus will save your soul. Well, now this same Jesus who locked the lion's jaw, locked the lion's jaw down in Daniel's den. This same Jesus will lift your burdens. This same Jesus will be your friend. Well, now this same Jesus who walked in Galilee. Well, now this same Jesus who talked beside the sea. Well, now this same Jesus by faith I have been told. This same Jesus will save your soul. This same Jesus who walked in Galilee. This same Jesus who talked beside the sea, this same Jesus by faith I have been told, my child now this same Jesus will save your soul, this same Jesus will save your soul, this same Jesus will save your soul. Let me step out right here so y'all can see me a little better. Um, 
So I'm going to ask a question, and y'all don't have to answer out loud. But how many of y'all can say, God has been so good to me in my life? And I just want to share a little testimony about that in my own life. When I was born, I was born with a birth defect called cleft lip and palate. And what that is is when your frontal facials do not form completely. So you're left with a huge gap in your palate all the way through your nose and your front lip. And my parents had no idea I was going to be born like this. It was a complete surprise to them. So when the doctor saw me, they went to go talk to my mom, and he told her, ma'am, I'm so sorry, but your daughter will never be able to speak again because of the severity, it was too much. But God had other plans for my life. Throughout the 13 surgeries that I've been through, God has kept me safe through them all. I knew the risks completely, anything could happen, but I knew God had a purpose, and I knew he was in control. And so I'm here today speaking and singing with you all. And so God is so powerful, and sometimes we forget about that in our life. God knows our hurts. Growing up, I had so much hurting inside me and sometimes bitterness. I didn't understand why this was happening. But I knew at the end God had a purpose for me, and I knew he was so powerful, and he was in control in my life. And I gave everything to him. I would go to him for everything because people in your life are going to let you down, but God's never going to let you down. God knows your hurts already. He knows what's inside you. He knows everything about you. He created you. So every time you have a hurt or you don't know who to go to, you can always count on God. Always go to him. Dangers of this moment 
beyond the bend. He knows your name and speaks it to his Father. His thoughts are with you each moment of the day. He is no stranger to your hurt, your heartache. You're in his care. The shepherd knows your name. Don't be dawn of hope is breaking. God's planned your tomorrows. He'll see you through today. He knows your name and speaks it to his Father. His thoughts are with you each moment of the day. He stranger to your hurt, your heartache. You're in his care, the shepherd knows your name. For I know the thoughts that I think toward you, saith the Lord thoughts of peace and not of evil to give you an expected end. Well, good evening, everyone. Uh, my name is Billy Benjamin. I'm the leader for this Proclaim team uh, here from Pensacola Christian College. And in the front is my wife. Her name is Kaylee. And we're so excited to be with you guys tonight. So thank you so much for having us. Uh, we definitely love to share music and, and even scripture uh, wherever we go. So hopefully tonight uh, you guys were blessed uh, by their singing. I know every time we travel with them, uh, they are certainly a blessing to us. And so we're excited to be here tonight. If you have your Bibles tonight, please turn to Daniel chapter 1. Daniel chapter 1 is where we're going to be tonight. And I want to ask you a question while you guys are turning there. Have you guys ever been challenged of whether you're going to stand up for the world or stand up for Christ? Have you ever been put in a situation where uh, maybe an uncomfortable situation where someone asks you, what do you believe in? Have you ever been put in a situation where they gave you an ultimatum of, are you going to stand up for the world or are you going to stand up for Christ? I want to tell you my testimony real quick, uh, just to show you guys in, in all. Um, I, really, I really never had that challenge in my life of someone asking me, hey, are you going to stand up for the world or are you going to stand up for Christ? Are you going to set yourself apart uh, from the world and be a Christian or are you going um, to go with the world? Throughout my life, uh, my family, we went to church growing up, but it wasn't for any reason other than going to church because it made us look like good people. Now, I'm not, not saying that my family wasn't good people, but uh, they really didn't know the true gospel. They didn't, they didn't know the gospel or the good news or uh, a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. We didn't know any of that. We went to church because my cousins went there. Uh, that's where everyone was going to. Uh, we went to church because 
uh, everyone would see us and they would think, oh, they're good people, they're going to heaven. That was my childhood. To be honest, I loved it. I was like, okay, we're gonna go to church. I get to go see my cousins on a, a weekly basis. And on top of that, they had donuts at church, so I'm gonna eat some donuts. That's really my main motivation when I was younger, uh, to, to go to church. Now, that wasn't right by any means, but that's all I knew. Finally, one Sunday, my uncle had invited my family to his church. He said, hey, come to this, uh, this Baptist church uh, here in Clarksville, Tennessee, and uh, you, know, you guys can really be blessed. So my dad pulled our, our family aside and said, hey, next Sunday or this coming Sunday, we're going to a different church. I looked at my dad, and I, I was on the verge of tears. I said, dad, why would you do this to me? Why would you take me away from my cousins? Why would you take me away from the donuts? I want to go to church where we've been going to church. Finally, you know, I was drugged to church, uh, drugged to this Baptist church, and it was probably the best decision of my family's life. Uh, we fell in love with the church. It took me a while to come through, uh, but I got saved in sixth grade. It was a, a revival meeting, and the evangelist was preaching on hell, just similar to Ben's, uh, Ben's testimony, but uh, I was terrified as well. So I, I ended up being the last one in the church, went to the evangelist and said, hey, can you show me how to be, be saved? So that night, I, I, I was saved. I truly believe I was saved. Uh, but I was still struggling uh, with, with this idea of Christianity, with this idea of living my life out for the Lord, with this idea of standing up for Christ wherever I went and showing people that I was a Christian. Had some doubts in my life, went to teen camp, uh, and got reassurance of my salvation, and that was awesome. But I still didn't live my life out for the Lord. Throughout high school, I was, I was rolling with my friends and uh, running with whoever I wanted to, uh, doing my own thing. And really, no one knew I was a Christian, other than the fact that they knew I went to church on Sundays. It really wasn't until brought me to, uh, God brought me to Pensacola Christian College was uh, when I really started living my life out for the Lord, and people started challenging me on my faith. Now, I told you guys my testimony uh, in a quick way just to show you guys that never in my life did anyone give me an ultimatum of, hey, are you going to stand up for the world or are you going to stand up for Christ? Never was I challenged with that. But here at school, um, I was challenged by people's example, by the way they lived, by the way they walked with the Lord every day. And it, it helped me understand that I need to be living my life out for the Lord as well. Now, today I want to talk about standing up for Christ. As Christians, uh, in today's world, there's so many opinions out there. There's so many different views, whether it comes to religion, politics, uh, food preference, dress, uh, whatever it is, there's so many views that so many people have, and someone's going to oppose you in some type of way. So today, I want to I give you three commitments of a purpose Christian to think about next time you're in a situation where someone opposes you in your belief in Christ. Uh, three commitments where you can remember uh, what to have in the midst of a trial like that uh, to know that, hey, I have to stand up for Christ as opposed to standing up and blending in with the world. Okay, so we're going to be in Daniel chapter 1 today, um, and we're going to look at Daniel's life, a, a different excerpt of Daniel's life uh, that many people might not, might not you know, consider telling about Daniel if you, know, you, you mention Daniel's name. A lot of people mention Daniel, and they think about Daniel in the lion's den. But tonight I want to look at a different excerpt of Daniel's life and really learn from his actions uh, and see how he stood up for God and kept his faith rather than falling into what the king had for him. So we're going to be in Daniel chapter 1. Uh, we're going to read verses 1 through 8 today. So if you want to follow along with me, I'm going to start. It says, In the third year of the reign of Jehoiakim, king of Judah, came Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, into Jerusalem and besieged it. And the Lord gave Jehoiakim, king of Judah, unto his hand with part of the vessels of the house of God. 
which he carried into the land of Shinar to the house of his God, and he brought the vessels unto the treasure house of his God. And the king spake unto Ashpenaz, the master of his eunuchs, that he should bring certain of the children of Israel and of the king's seed and of the princes, children in whom was no blemish, but well favored, and skillful in all wisdom and cunning in knowledge and understanding science, and such as had ability in them to stand in the king's palace and whom they might teach the learning and the tongue of the Chaldeans. Verse 5, And the king appointed them a daily provision of the king's meat and, the, and of the wine which he drank, so nourishing them three years that at the end thereof they might stand before the king. Now among them, now among these were of the children of Judah, Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah, unto whom the prince of the eunuchs gave names, for he gave unto Daniel the name of Belteshazzar, and to Hananiah of Shadrach, and to Mishael of Meshach, and to Azariah of Abednego. Verse 8, this is our, our, our main verse today, verse 8. But Daniel purposed in his heart that he would not defile himself with the portion of the king's meat, nor with the wine which he drank. Therefore, he requested of the prince of the eunuchs that he might not defile himself. Let's pray. Lord, thank you so much for this time uh, that we get to be at this church. Thank you so much for your word. Thank you for the time that we get to spend in your word. Uh, Lord, may uh, you use me as a vessel, use me as a, a, an instrument uh, just to communicate uh, what you have placed on my heart, Lord. Uh, we love you so much. Continue to bless this church. It's in your name we pray. Amen. Now, like I said, I want to talk about three commitments of a purpose Christian to think about when you're in the midst of a trial. If someone is opposing you and you need to stand up for Christ or stand up for the world. Now, a little context of what uh, Daniel's going through in his life right now. King Nebuchadnezzar is in power, the Babylonian Empire, and they have taken over the land of Judah. Uh, they have carried away, uh, carried them captive over to Babylon, and uh, Daniel might have been, you know, he's a young child at this point, maybe uh, 10, 12 years old, but he's going through a, a time in this period where he's brought captive into a, a foreign land, and he's brought into uh, this place where he's going to be a teacher. He, they, they think high of him. They, they think he's cunning, uh, wise, um, understanding science. You know, he, he was a, a good guy, a good and uh, perfect child in their eyes to, to become a teacher in their land one day. Now, they try to basically brainwash Daniel and, and make him into one of their own, but Daniel had a choice. He had a choice. He said, is, am I going to you know, go with the king and what he has for me here, or am I going to obey God and obey what God has for me in the Levitical law? He knew that law, and he knew um, what he had to do, and that was stand up for God and keep his faith. And so today, we want to look at three parts of that verse, three parts of his life uh, where Daniel showed a commitment to the Lord over the world. The first commitment was a commitment uh, in the area of his heart, a purposed heart, commitment for a purposed heart. Now, whatever you do, uh, whatever you start, wherever you go, uh, it, it always begins with your heart. Now, don't, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying, hey, follow your heart, because uh, the Bible says the heart is uh, desperately wicked and uh, deceitful. You know, who can know it? But I'm saying it starts with your heart, having a purpose in your heart, having a goal uh, for your life. Daniel, in, in chapter 1, verse 8, says, But Daniel purposed in his heart that he would not defile himself right off the bat. He made a commitment to himself that he's going to obey the Lord. He's not going to uh, go with what the king has. He's going to obey God, and he's going to keep his law that he gave for him. It started with his heart. Proverbs 23, verse 7 talks about, uh, as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. 
you know, it starts with our heart. And Daniel showed spiritual discernment and spiritual, uh, spiritual maturity um, in his decisions in this excerpt here today. It started with his heart. He made a commitment to go all out for the Lord and to stand up for his faith. When I was in uh, college, I did Teen Extreme in 2017, and I had made the same commitment in my heart. I had to have a goal uh, for that summer, and I had to make a commitment to go all out for God uh, no matter what that summer. I never did teen camp, but I loved it. I love the fact of working with teens. I love the fact of um, playing sports. I love the fact of just talking to everyone, but I wasn't comfortable with the fact of sharing my faith. I wasn't comfortable with witnessing. I wasn't comfortable uh, with the ministry part of it. But that, that's, uh, that summer, I made a commitment to God uh, that I'm going to have a purpose this summer to share my faith. I'm going to have a purpose this summer to, to uh, influence the youth and to have some of them come to uh, a saving knowledge of him. And God really worked that summer so much that I got to see kids come to know the Lord as their personal Savior uh, through God using me. And it was uh, an amazing thing. And there's no, nothing better uh, than seeing someone come to uh, know the Lord as their personal Savior uh, by the Lord's help using you. And it was just so rewarding that summer. But I made an all-out commitment for God that summer, and it started with my heart. I couldn't make that commitment uh, without God uh, being in my heart as well. Uh, so like I said, it, it starts with your heart. Don't follow your heart, but have the purpose in your heart. So that's my first commitment today, is have a purposed heart for God. Now, in addition to that, uh, in addition to a purposed heart, you want to have a commitment to an attitude of humility. Back to verse 8, it says, But Daniel purposed in his heart that he would not defile himself with the portion of the king's meat, nor with the wine which he drank. Therefore he requested of the prince of the eunuchs. Now back to the backstory of this, of this, context, or of this uh, passage. Daniel is a young child. They gathered, he said, hey, I want you guys to gather children who are cunning, who are wisdom, who are understanding science, who are smart. You know, they're the best of the best children that can one day be the teachers and, and teach the Chaldean. Um, that's what they were looking for. And Daniel was among these children. And so we look at Daniel, and he's a young child, but he's one of the best of the best in, in his place. He could have easily went around, and he could have easily put his status up there and put his status out there and said, I'm not going to do this because God's on my side, and I don't have to listen to you. Daniel didn't do that. He showed an attitude of humility. Uh, he requested of the prince of the eunuchs that he might not defile himself. Later on, they, they trusted him to do that because of the way he carried himself. He requested of the prince. He didn't demand. He didn't command. He didn't uh, use his status as a stepping stool to, to be over them. He requested and showed signs of humility that uh, just show spiritual maturity as well. He didn't demand anyone uh, for, for a right or, or felt entitled. Daniel had that attitude of humility, and it shows what we should have today when we're facing that in that uh, moment of, am I going to stand up for Christ or the world? We should have an attitude of humility. Don't let your pride uh, get in the way of you standing up for Christ. Don't let your pride get in the way of you reaching someone uh, for the greater cause of Christ um, in their life. Don't let your pride be in the way of that. Proverbs 16.5 says, uh, talks about everyone with a proud heart is a, an abomination to the Lord. John 13, uh, verses 35 and 36, talks about how Christians should be known by their love and not by their status, not by uh, what they have uh, in this world, not by monetary gain, not by uh, possessions, it's by our love. And so have that attitude of humility and have that uh, commitment 
to be humble and to put your pride aside uh, for the greater cause of Christ. Now, my third commitment here today um, is not only just a commitment to have a purpose heart, not only the commitment to have an attitude of humility, but also the commitment to have an ambition of holiness, an ambition of holiness. Verse 8 says Daniel purposed in his heart that he would not defile himself. Daniel wanted to be more righteous. Daniel wanted to be more, uh, more Christ-like. Daniel wanted to be more faithful in his servanthood to God. And he shows that in this excerpt of, of his childhood. He wanted to serve God. He wanted God uh, to bless him. And he knew the consequences of sin if he didn't listen to God. He didn't want to defile himself. He wanted to be holy just like God. Now, like I said, Daniel knew the consequences of sin. God already told him the Levitical law, and he, he knew what he had to do, and he, he obeyed. He showed uh, spiritual anticipation. Now, for myself, when I was a child, I did not show any type of discernment whatsoever. I did not ha- show any t- uh, sign of maturity. Um, you know, at 10 or 12 years old, I was uh, probably the, the problem child of my family. Okay, growing up, uh, my mom was a bank teller, and she worked at a, a credit union there in Fort Campbell, and uh, she went to work every day. Now, me being a, a little child, I went up to her when she left to work, and I said, Mom, uh, can I go to the park? She said, no, you're too young. Stay home. There's no one's going to watch you, okay? I said, you got it, Mom. I'll listen. She went to work, and I went straight to the park. I was a bad kid, okay? I went straight to the park when, uh, and hung out with my friends. I knew the consequences of sin. I said, if I go to the park, it's probably, she's probably going to spank me, um, but I'm going to have fun and then I'll get spanked. That was my mindset as a kid. I was a bad kid, like I said, uh, and it wasn't great uh, in any means. But did I mention that sin takes you farther than you ever want to go? I went to the park that day, had fun with my friends. I was swinging on the monkey bars, fell backwards, and broke my arm in two places. So sin really does take you farther than you would ever want to go. And I know that's a silly illustration uh, for me as a kid, uh, but it shows also into our spiritual lives today. You know, sin takes you farther than you ever want to go. Maybe it's, uh, you know, the music you hear or, or the movies you play or uh, what you watch on your own time. Uh, those can be gateways into uh, falling farther and farther away from God and deeper and deeper into sin. And so sin will always take you farther than you ever anticipated. But Daniel, in this, in this passage, he didn't want that. He knew the consequences. He wanted to be more holy, and he had that commitment for an ambition of holiness. And that's what we need as Christians today is that commitment to be holy all the time. Hebrews 11.25 says, By faith Moses, when he was come to years, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter, choosing rather to suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a season, esteeming the reproach of God or of Christ, greater riches than the treasures in Egypt. For he had respect unto the recompense of reward. We can learn so much by, by these people in the Bible Um, And Moses, for example, today, he refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter, a high regard, a high status. He would rather choose to be called uh, and suffer affliction with the, the title of the people of God. He chose to be more righteous. He wanted to be more holy, and he would rather that and, and invest in heaven rather than invest in a, in a temporary world. And that's the commitment we need today is the commitment to become more holy, to be, want to be more righteous and more Christ-like today. In Daniel, in chapter 1, verses 1 through 8, a lot is happening. He's brought captive. His land is, is taken over. 
Um, he's given a portion of the king's meat and the wine, uh, but he refuses all that to stay faithful. He had the commitment. He had the purpose in his heart. He had the commitment of, of not putting his pride aside, but to put that aside for God. And also he had that commitment to become holy, to become more holy than uh, as best as he could. God's going to bless that if you had those commitments today. God's going to bless those efforts. Um, maybe you won't see it here on earth one day, but you'll definitely see it in heaven. He, he brings blessings all the time. And his promises in the Bible that, that tell us that God's going to bless us if we obey and trust in him. For Daniel, in chapter 6, he was awarded for his, uh, with honor uh, for his ways of, of being faithful to God. What are you going through today that is holding you back uh, from, you know, standing all out for Christ? You know, are, if you're put in that situation where you've got to uh, stand up for the world or stand up for Christ, who are you going to choose? I want to close with this illustration, and it's about a girl named Cassie Bernal. She was a girl who was always depressed, very low. Uh, you know, some would call her gloomy, gray. You know, she was joyless. She, they, they described her as having a joyless look on her face. Um, one day, Cassie Bernal was invited to a youth retreat. And I'm going to read you an excerpt from this article of what her parents had said. They said, when she left, she was gloomy, head down, say nothing youth. When she came back, her eyes were open and bright. She was bouncy and just excited about what had happened to her and just so excited to tell us. It was like she was in, the dark, in a dark room and someone turned the light on. She saw the beauty that was surrounding her. She looked, at, she looked me in the eye and Cassie said, Mom, I've changed. She said, I've totally changed. I know you're not going to believe it, but I've totally changed. And you're thinking, what happened? You know, what happened to Cassie Bernal? At age 17, she went to the youth retreat and that light was turned on. She received Christ as her personal savior, that, uh, that youth retreat. She had 100% transformation um, and she was created a new creature. And she started doing things that, that Christians would do. She started, uh, you know, going to more services. She started volunteering in her church, serving in the ministry, telling people about her faith, telling people about Christ. Uh, and she was just totally turned around from this gloomy, depressed uh, girl from, from the past. Now, one day, she was telling uh, her testimony to the youth group. And she said, you know, you really can't live a life without Christ. Like, you really can't live uh, a, truly, a true life without him. She was telling everyone about it. Everyone knew Cassie was, the, was a Christian in her school. Now, one day, Eric Harris and Dylan Kelbel burst into the, to the school with homemade pipe bombs and guns. And they knew who Cassie Bernal was. They knew what she stood up for. She had the Bible on top of her textbook. She had the uh, uh, What Would Jesus Do bracelet on. You know, things that uh, made her stand apart uh, from, from the world. She was a Christian, and she was proud to tell everyone about it. Now, they went up to her. And they asked her, hey, do you believe in God? And they pointed a gun at her. Now, for a long pause, there was silence. What would you be thinking if you were put in that situation? By no means am I saying that everyone in this room right here today, uh, today uh, is going to be in a situation where they're held at gunpoint. No, that's not what I'm saying. But um, persecution will come to a Christian, especially in this day and age. And are you prepared? to stand up for Christ, or are you going to blend in with the world uh, to save your life? Or are you going to stand up for Christ? Cassie Bernal, after the long pause, she said, yes, I believe in God. The trigger was pulled. Cassie Bernal passed away that day, but she became iconic for the way that she stood up for her faith. And that's the same type of attitude we should have today, is standing up for Christ, 
no matter what. Like I said, I, I went through life uh, without being challenged of who am I going to stand up for? Is it God or is it the world? Are you going to go with the world just because everyone wants to hear that? Or are you going to st- uh, st- you know, set yourself apart and stand up for Christ today? As Clara makes her way to the piano, I just want to uh, give a quick invitation. Uh, So if you can bow your heads and close your eyes.